Where did you go to school? And who is your daddy? What do you think of what's going on right now, mate? These evil little invisible parasites. Satan worshipping Freemason morons. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not run by factions. Get the fuck out of here! There are much more powerful international forces in play. Is this pink guy? Is this what pink guy is? I don't fucking know what's happening. Please go outside and look at the moon quickly. It's been crazy, guys. We just want to tell this, mate. Mate, because I want to do this Well, I ain't spending any time on it. Welcome to the Condition Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims and con artists. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and this week I am breaking yet another promise. Tisk tisk. To cover the big bad great reset from big bad Klaus Schwab. Oh, him again. In place of covering the absolute implosion of MAGA movements in the US. And this is all off the back of that Trump raid at Mar-a-Lago. Well, it wasn't a raid, Joel. It was a search. A search Uh, executed with a warrant, which required a very good reason and clearance at the highest levels of the judiciary. But Trump wants you to think it was a raid. A raid by a ruthless regime. Not a government, a regime. The Biden crime family. It's still early days yet, but it is looking fucking grim for the orange man. But it's also looking grim for the MAGA movement in general. I mean, it's a political death cult of armed lunatics ready to die for a grifter in chief with a terrible comb over who may have just committed some light treason. A little bit. Just Uh, a little bit. But they're just a rabble of loud morons and bot farm Twitter accounts that at the end of the day would rather watch television and drink beer I agree, then go to war against the US government, which does sound like quite a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, because it's tough. It's just, it, it, it's you're it's not tough. expected to win that. Running, one. jumping, climbing trees. And it, and it really is the tyranny of obesity, the tyranny of delicious food and cheap beer. Uh, hold on, I thought that was freedom. Isn't that it is. freedom? Cheap it is. Beer and, cheap beer and delicious food? I would die for cheap beer and delicious food or delicious cheap food and expensive. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, look, either way, we're, we're going to flesh out what happened, why it happened and what it means in our rabbit hole special on the Trump raid and the impending MAGA ex- implosion. I, think, I actually think it's an explosion. But anyway. <laughs> There's bloviating, that's for sure. It's a bit of both. It's it's just boom. You know? It really is, and it's not going to end well. Trump's gone. Trump. We'll mention this later, but Trump's gone. Gone up ten points in polling. Oh fuck's sake! <laughs> well, it's been great knowing you, America. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm getting in before it's all over. <laughs> I, I still haven't worked it out yet. And if you haven't worked it out, keep asking the question and keep looking for the answers. Because it's irrelevant. On Monday, August 8th, the FBI conducted a search of former President Donald Trump's residence in Mar-a-Lago, Florida. Tasteful place. They even broke into his safe. Oh no, that means his safe's not safe. He was not happy about that. His safe isn't safe. Oh, my heart bled. Yeah, boxes of documents were taken in the search. The terms of the search warrant were not publicly known at the time, with conservative commentators and lawmakers demanding the warrant be released to the public. Uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson of Arkansas, a former US attorney, said, and I quote, Normally that would be under seal, but since Trump announced the raid, then the probable cause should be made public. Yeah. Fair enough. And look, this is despite the obvious fact that Trump had a copy himself and hadn't released it. Yeah, not not at first. 
Regardless of the facts on their face, the commentariat fired up the base with incendiary remarks and you know an echoing noise of a call to arm to defend the Republic from this tyrannical politicization of the Justice Department and the FBI. Of course, this is the exact same shit they did when it was discovered that Hillary Clinton, as Secretary of State, had an email server in her basement. His rallies well, were famous for the lock her up chant. Yeah, it's just the other way around now. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. The shoes are the other foot and they're all bitching and moaning. It's like... This has happened before. It's not unprecedented. It's just the fact that you were president. So look, the FBI executed several search warrants in that situation and eventually found that Clinton's use of a private email server was, and I quote, extremely careless, but it wasn't criminal. And whether the boxes of documents found at Mar-a-Lago fall into the criminal category or the extremely careless category is yet to be seen. Yeah, yet to be seen. Another issue Trump faces is his use of private cell phones to conduct official business, which has led to massive gaps in the official White House call logs, especially around January, the January 6th Capitol riot. If Trump did not preserve cell phone, cell phone records and turn them into the National Archives, that may be a violation of law. I would say the Trump camp have a lot on their plate right now, but the Alex Jones text leak might be of concern. Certain Trump aides and uh, fellow travellers would be a little bit worried. Oh, yeah, they'd be concerned because it does sound like Alex Jones was having a bit of a casual chat with uh, with Trump at the time. But we'll see. We'll see. It's certainly going to come out in the wash because no one's protecting Jones or Trump in that camp. Will Sommer of the Daily Beast has suggested that documents may have actually been taken by Trump simply as memorabilia, just to show off around the place. You know, things he could use a big note himself as a former president, which, you know, let's face it, belong in protected archives, not framed in his gold-plated bathroom. <laughs> but while the boxes contained documents of concern to the FBI, apparently they were also alongside official gifts and other mementos taken by Trump during his time as president. So, you know. Yeah, all of which belongs in the National Archives, right? <laughs> they just do. Well, not the gifts and things, uh, but yeah. Uh, well, technically, yes. The but, documents do. But, 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 really? But this, is, <laughs> this is sort of Trump's history of documents. We'll talk about them in more detail. But, you know, he would sit in on meetings and, and and uh, and documents would be prepared, memoranda, uh, transcripts, etc. And, he, and he'd look up at his advisors and go, "Can I keep this? Can I keep this? <laughs> no, you have to. Why? You, know, you have to. Uh, you have to hand that back, Mr. President." Yeah. And he'd also write all over everything as well, you know, like he'd bloody get his little texter out and just scribble things all over these these documents. Yes, he uses a texter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's so obnoxious. So, no, great big, what do they call them in the States? Not texters? Sharpies. They, he's a great big sharpie that he loves to use. And so there's all this sort of scribble on that. Uh, the entire thing begs the question, is Trump an idiot or a criminal? Well, both. Criminal idiot. We're going to find or, out. Or, 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 or an idiot criminal. Criminally stupid, I think, is the the expression. Mm. But, uh, I mean, we're going to find out. This is what's going to come out in the wash. I mean, like, this is the thing, and this is what we're speaking before. During his presidency, Trump would rip up pages he had read. Yep forcing staff to tape them back together for archival. Like, they would tape them back with scotch tape. you buy it at news agents. Well, often the, nas- the, the National Archives were <laughs> just sort of get out the uh, cello tape and just start taping bits and pieces together again, yeah? Oh, we get to this, but there's a whole department dedicated to this in the end. And they are, uh, this isn't in the in the script, but uh, they end up being fired unceremoniously and without a warning, and they don't know why. It's a very strange, interesting thing. But one of the other things that would happen is that when they were ripped, sometimes they were ripped in half if he just had read the page and was done with it. Yeah. But sometimes, for example, in the case of a letter from Chuck Schumer, who I wasn't a big fan of, it was torn into tiny pieces, <laughs> which makes you think that Confetti. the amount of ripping... In involved is the amount of upset the document caused him. Yeah. Basic upset, ripped in half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Often often confetti and I believe, you know, sometimes a bit of spaghetti. 
thrown at <laughs> thrown at them as well. This sounds about right. And this is the thing, he would also tear out pictures he liked from the presidential daily briefings. And it's unclear where these pictures wound up. Like you say, sometimes he'd ask whether you could keep I them. Keep these? Some of these might be in the boxes. Who knows? Mm. You, you just don't know. And there was a side note on the article I was reading for that one saying that Obama kept meticulous records, including even things that necessarily weren't destined for the archives because that's what normal smart people do. Mm. Yeah, look, under the Presidential Records Act, the White House must preserve all memos, letters, emails and papers that the President touches, sending them to the National Archives for safekeeping as historical records. Yeah, and he was also known to dispose of documents by ripping them up and putting them in the toilet. Yes, he did do that. Which he did... (laughs) He didn't just do it once. He did it enough. So toilets were known to clog up on a routine basis and staffers would come into the bathroom and go, oh, shit, the toilets are now clogged up with potentially classified information. Oh, they'd have, they'd have serious flushing. Uh, I mean, if you're hosting the Trumpster, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to turbocharge that flush. But that's the problem. Unprecedented times, unprecedented toilets. They just weren't ready yeah, for him. Yeah. Trump has denied this and called the New York Times journalist Maggie Haberman, who broke that story, a maggot. Yes, it's a wonderful photo, actually, of a toilet <laughs> yeah. in the White House, allegedly yep. in the White House, with little bits of, little bits of paper in, in the crapper there. There was one in the White House, but one of them was like, international it was like in a hotel or some shit and you can read them and the sharpie and the yeah, sharpie has been them, in yeah. use yeah the sharpie yeah the sharpie's very much been in use which is conveniently or inconveniently quite water resistant uh but this is the thing like whether it is extremely careless or criminal the surrounding hysteria is what fundamentally separates trump and Clinton in the situation. So it's been revealed that a lawyer for Trump actually signed a document claiming that all material marked as classified had been returned in early June. Yes, there was that. And this is something like, you know, Clinton didn't just like come out and say, oh yeah, you know, my my service didn't exist. Sure, she did sort of whitewash them and delete shit. But at the end of the day, she copped her investigation with a smile. She didn't do this dog and pony show, whereas Trump is going down swinging with fireworks coming out of his ass. Secretary of State at gmail.com. Was- <laughs> password, Rufus123. Password, password. <laughs> <laughs> In the immediate aftermath of the search, Donald Trump used the event to fundraise because yes. <laughs> that's the business model. That is the and business used model. inflammatory language, as we've come to expect from him. Of course, this rolled up the base from the grassroots to the halls of power with Trump supporters on the ground, in the media, and in government saying yep. wild shit in public, including openly discussing civil war. Yep. Trump's email said, I need every single red-blooded American patriot, in caps, to step up during this time. And they did. did. Well, they congregated to make some noise. By nightfall on Monday, a couple of dozen Trump supporters turned up outside the residence on South Ocean Boulevard, that's Mar-a-Lago, to show their support. A bunch of weird Floridian rednecks, mostly obese, waving flags and being weird, probably hitting on each other and making shitty YouTube content while wearing their Sunday best Trump merch. There was a lot of it around. The good one. The good one. It's only a polyester blend, this one. (laughs) Made in China. Every fucking time. But this is the thing. It's a couple of dozen. You know, let's not forget that number because it's not many. But mm. the thing that's fascinating about these people is they always seem to show up. MAGA people always show up. I've always got an excuse not to go to a climate protest, but these guys will always turn up. Yeah, but look, there were. And you know, when we go to uh, look at New York, New York City, uh, outside the Trump building, um, there were protesters there saying, basically, lock him up, lock him up. Oh, uh, really? Time for you to go. Yeah, only a handful, but they were there. Finally, the lefties got off their asses and actually went and, you know, stopped 
crocheting all day and did some bloody protesting. Mm. Good to see. Good to see. But not only that, it has been reported that they were denied access to bathrooms at the club. So the guys who were hanging outside Mar-a-Lago <laughs> were out there. They went up to Mar-a-Lago. And there was a bit of satire around this, but I believe it is true that some of them went to the the, the club and said, oh, can we take a piss? And they went, nah, members Aww. only, guys. Sorry. Sorry, no. no. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm afraid you'll have to pay the $400,000 membership fee before yes, exactly. you can use the toilet. And be endorsed by another member. And they do have those turbocharged flushes. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you've got to get... Get that Sharpie down. You've got to get that. You've got to get that Trump shit out. out. Yes, you've got to go. Yes, you do. Yeah, yeah. Straight into the Atlantic. T- Kentucky Fried Horror. But this is the thing, you know. Like he's still their man, and you know they are angry at this situation, despite how much this guy just treads on them. It's like yeah. they broke into his safe. Like I mean, that's just Safe's fucking. Not safe. It's so embarrassing. Like these guys are always railing against the elites, and then when Donald Trump says, "Oh, they broke into my safe," these idiots are like, "Oh, you can't do that. That's un-American. That's <laughs> that's, not, that's not right at all." The man safe is his car. We protect our elites. I mean, <laughs> fuck off. Well, we also covered this in news in in last week's condition release program. But <laughs> Trump also complained uh, that the, that the raid or the search warrant was executed without notice. I mean. Yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, isn't that kind of the way kind it's supposed to work? Yeah, yeah. Other than say, look, we'll just give you we'll give you a couple of days to get rid of all those. <laughs> Perhaps you can tear them into small parts and have them flushed out of the Brasco at Mar-a-Lago, so we've got nothing to collect. He was also complaining that first ladies' uh, walk-in wardrobes were being searched, and he's like, they looked through her clothes. It's like, yeah, because you probably hide shit in there. Tried a few things on. Yeah, yeah well, you know, <laughs> did the old Edgar Hoover. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, it, you is, know. It, it is in the DNA. It's a classic FBI trait. So the timing of the search, of course, being within months of the midterms, is being questioned politically, but it has been made abundantly clear, and I believe him, by Merrick Garland, who's very apolitical. And Merrick Garland is the, sorry, Joe, Merrick, because you mentioned him a fair bit, he's the uh, the US Attorney General. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Good to good to explain these things for sure. And uh, and others who are just sort of involved in this sort of media, you know, like the, the magistrate and stuff, is not politically motivated. I'm not seeing any proof of that. Of course, this is falling on deaf ears at the GOP. Yeah, I'll deal with Garland, you know, in, in, as we go. But look, the first thing you've got to say, we mentioned at the front of the show, is that it may well have steal Trump for a, a run in 2024. And Ugh. certainly his polling is up 10 points. Now, that might be that it's just simple name association. So when we look at polling, anyway, he's in, he was in front, in front of... DeSantis running second uh, with Biden running third in the polling. Now, it may well be that many, uh, many American voters don't know who DeSantis is or have a very, um, very limited view of, of, of who he is because he's a, you know, Floridian governor. He's a quite far right figure as well. Uh, and, uh, and, and Trump is that, you know, that, oh, yeah, well, I know, I know who he is. From The but, Apprentice. Yeah, but he's just gone ping again, you know, up in, yeah. up in the polling. Yeah. yeah. It's concerning. It's concerning. Someone whose poll numbers are never that great, but absolute career politician, Kevin McCarthy, who's the- House Minority Leader, GOP House, House Minority, Minority Leader. Leader. That's, I was yeah. like, Speaker of the what? Uh, threatened immediate oversight of the Ooh. Justice Department if Republicans took the House in November, saying, I've seen enough. Yep. I don't need proof or nothing. The Department of Justice has reached an intolerable state of weaponized politicization. I've seen enough. That's enough. That's yeah. enough for me. That's enough and, for you. Uh, great. Well done. Yeah, and, and then he went further. He then went on to threaten Garland's position, mm. saying in a written statement, Attorney General Garland, preserve your documents and clear your calendar, what, which, like of course, Christmas? 
goes along with the politicization of the Department of Justice, which he was just complaining about, which kind of goes back to the whinging about this, despite having done it to Hillary Clinton. I mean, hypocrisy is a fucking theme through this. But hey, look, you know, they're too dumb to realize this, so that's fine. But on the Wednesday, Monday being the raid, this is the Wednesday, Trump used Truth Social, which he's only just started really using recently, and uh, he truthed to claim the agents who searched the house refused to allow observers including his lawyers. And this was his truth. They call them truths, and then you re-truth things. It's fucking Yeah, cool. it's a tweet known as a truth, yeah. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. Everyone was asked to leave the premises. They wanted to be alone without any witnesses to see what they were doing, taking, or hopefully not planting. And that's an abbreviated tw- truth because he went for fucking ages. But this is straight out of the Trump playbook to discredit his adversaries and get ahead of any impending catastrophes. But it definitely implies there was something in those boxes that he should be worried about because why would they plant something that they weren't going to see him land in trouble for? I mean, what's the point? Yeah, look, New York Post uh, reported that the feds involved in the raid requested that the Trumps turn off their security cameras and they refused, which implies there is footage of the raid at Mar-a-Lago. And, and it's been reported elsewhere that uh, that uh, Trump and his lawyers were watching from New York, uh, were yeah. watching the, the search unfold on, on their own cameras. And that sounds about right. It, it almost certainly would have been filmed by the FBI as they went to. Yeah, you'd think so. If something was planted, there'd be footage of it. You know, yeah. It would be interesting if something comes out there, dodgy surveillance clips can be spun pretty easily to tell a story. Yeah, you could just be like, oh, why? did he take that box out of out of view yeah, where's yeah. out of view you know like some bullshit like that what's he doing with melania's underwear <laughs> exactly my safe what's in the boxes is yet to be seen though i mean like initial reports claim the boxes may contain nuclear secrets which are very valuable secrets that's pronounced that's in trump in trump town general joel that's pronounced nuclear nuclear yeah of course I still can't get past aluminum. We'll say nuclear nuclear from now on. Bastards. Very valuable secrets these are, if, of course, taken to the wrong hands. You know, mm-hmm. Trump isn't exactly swimming in money, he's swimming in debt. So the idea of trying to, you know, sell a few cheeky documents to a few cheeky foreign actors is not that abnormal for this guy. Right. But this theory was somewhat hijacked on social media when a doctored yeah, image of a Trump email purported to show him sending the nuclear codes to his mailing <laughs> list was sent. Like, I mean, Trump's an idiot, but come on, guys. Like, yeah, that's, that's dumb. That was pretty weak. And it's as if, like, we haven't changed the nuclear codes since there's been a new president. They're still the same ones. You yeah, know? yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, like, it, in, it means anything at all. In order to get into it, you'll need the password, which is password. Yeah, we can't, we can, we can't change them. And, uh, look, <laughs> uh, and there's also uh, if phone booths. If you, if you tap this into a payphone, you'll start World War Three. Like, it's just, it's it's dumb. But look, this is the thing. You know, like, the left can't disinfo. We suck at it, which is almost a shame. Just awesome. Uh, if, if only we were better at lying. Trump denied that the documents had association with nuclear weapons on a truth social post by calling it a hoax. A hoax. And going on a massive long ramble, which I've abbreviated the fuck out of. And this is what the truth said. It's, nuclear weapons issue is a nuclear. hoax, capital H. Oh, yes, that's right. I, I apologize. Just like Russia, Russia, Russia was a hoax. Two impeachments were a hoax. hoax. The Mueller investigation, the hoax. Mueller investigation was a hoax and much mm. more. Same sleazy people involved. And every mm. time he says hoax, which is like nine times, has a capital H. Yeah, he loves that word. Almost as much as he loves the word or the term witch hunt. Oh, yeah. He loves that one too. We will never know the contents of the 11 sets of classified documents yeah, seized by not. the FBI. They're top secret. You know, that's why, we, that's why we won't be getting to have a look at them. You know, they won't be published uh, on, in, in the New York Times or the oh, New York Post. Yeah, uh, they're top secret and designed to be stored in secure government buildings. That's oh. where they can be 
that this is, you know, the particular classification on these documents, or most of them, was that they can only be stored and viewed in government, secure government buildings. That's where they keep the pedophiles, isn't it? Yeah, that's where in all the, the pedophiles are. Yeah, in the Pentagon, you know, you get you get you get them you get them on five different angles. <laughs> um, what we know is that Trump's lawyers turned over boxes of classified documents earlier in the year and advised the DOJ, Department of Justice, that there were no more. So why keep these? Ooh, they're spicy ones. There are some conspiracy theories circling around a company that had obtained Russian and US financing to build nuclear power reactors in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> there's, there's God's work for you. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mike Flynn, uh, Trump's national security advisor for just 14 days, may have been involved. Big Q guy. It may well be the sort of mad conspiracy that we like to poke fun at on this program. Um, But for mine, the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, would not be pursuing this matter with such vigour in the event of a mere mishandling of top secret documents. So it's got to be more than that. There's got to be something going on. It's got to be more than that. And, And, of course, Garland has now said that the affidavit, which would which was presented to the judge in order for that warrant to be obtained, and that would be an FBI uh, sworn affidavit, that will not be released because, he says, that will um, reveal too much yeah. of, uh, of, the investigation, of the investigation, the nature and extent of the investigation. It sounds like a lot's going on there. And that's mm. one of the things interesting. So, like, top secret, classified, all these sort of things, they're sort of mushed into this big sort of umbrella of idea of what a document sort of is. But when it comes to classification, the legality of it's quite interesting. So, Trump has actually claimed that these documents were declassified. Yeah. So he said on Friday that it was all declassified. Oh, all that, all that stuff was declassified ages ago. Don't worry about it. I remember waving my hand across them. That's kind of what he did. I'll go over it, but it's like it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's kind of what he did. So he's also since claimed that some of the documents are protected under attorney-client privilege and should have been seized mm-hmm. in the first place, which is showing the absolute hubris of this asshole. But now, this is great, he's using Truth Social as some sort of bizarre legal mechanism to demand the documents back. So this is his truth, and I can't get past saying because it's just so hard to say. He truthed this. By a copy of this truth, Ooh. I respectfully request that these documents be immediately returned to the location from which they were taken. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So he's always polite. And <laughs> so it's all a bit nuts. It is. It's completely you know, it's nuts. Just completely bizarre behaviour by Trump. You know, on, on Trump's social, by the way, Joel, which has... I believe, in its early days at least, had only a sort of a million downloads of the app. Yeah. So we're not talking about a big network here, but we are talking about a network of, of nutters. It's only available in the US. I had to use a VPN to get on there. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I was going to sign up to it because I figured it would be a lot of fun. No, nah, I had to use a VPN and uh, mm. VPNs are annoying as shit. It makes all of my internet sites be like, are you a scammer? And I'm like, maybe. Yeah. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, you know. The, the classification situation is quite murky. Yeah. The New York Times reported that Mr. Trump has offered no details, but if he's saying he made a blanket oral invocation that all the files he took to Mar-a-Lago are unclassified without making any formal written record, that would be difficult to prove or disprove. Because even if there is no evidence that Mr. Trump followed normal procedures for declassifying certain types of information, his lawyers could argue he was not constitutionally bound to obey such rules. Which is fucking hilarious because, like, I was talking with Liz about this the other night. And if you remember from The Office when Michael Scott walks into yeah. Dunder Mifflin, he's like, I declare bankruptcy. I declare. I declare. Bankruptcy. Bankruptcy. 
great. And it's <laughs> yeah, like it's one of the great moments of the office. Yeah, it's great. And it's like that's what he's sort of done. He's just walked in like, no, nope, declassified. <laughs> I declare these documents declassified. declassified. <laughs> it's just the dumbest fucking thing. But it's like I can't believe the West Wing is Dunder Mifflin and the president is Michael Scott. We really have just reached a weird point in our lives where this is just has to be normal and we have to swallow it. So it was later clarified on Fox News by a Trump representative in slightly less ridiculous terms. Mr. Trump's office has claimed that when he was president, he had a standing order that materials removed from the Oval Office and taken to the residence were deemed to be declassified the moment he removed them. Okay, so let's talk about the process of declassification, Joel. Now, any sitting president can declassify any document, but what normally what normally occurs and probably didn't during the Trump presidency, and he did declassify quite a lot of documents, by the way, while yeah. he was a sitting president, um, but it is normally done in consultation with relevant agencies. So it yeah. would involve... Um, uh, 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 seeking the advice of the CIA, the Department of Justice, you know, any various agencies that says, hang on just a minute, uh, there are some security, national security implications here, Mr. President. Uh, so it's not just a matter of just waving the wand or, you know, passing a drumstick of KFC across these documents and going, I declare these declassified. It, it, there is actually a process involved which which where the, where the president would seek advice from various federal agencies. But that is the thing. There is actually a lack of clear convention around declassifying in a way that is binding on the president. So this might actually work. The idea that it's not constitutionally necessary to have done any of those things. Because a lot of the conventions around the presidency, including declassifications, has the basic assumption that the president isn't a fucking lunatic who is going to literally <laughs> wave a drumstick of KFC across a paper and say, you are now declassified. I declare you delicious. Yeah, and we are and we are delving into that that business of presidential authority, which is arguable and ultimately discernible by really just by, by excuse me by the Supreme Court or yeah. indeed yeah. Uh, 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 or indeed the Congress and, yeah. and just how much power a president has. Nixon uh, Nixon Nixon and his people believed that he could commit crimes, but well uh, that a president. Cannot commit crimes because Cause, yeah, because the president because he's the president. Yeah, so and and this is part of this whole very murky process about the role of the president, the legal status of the of, of the president, and what the president can and can't do. Well, when it comes to declassifying information, the New York Times asked the question, which is, can a president secretly declassify information without leaving a written record or telling anyone? Well, and, or, or leaving that record in little in little pieces. Yes, exactly. Toilet. Yeah, for them to tape up and hope for the best. And this is what they. They said, that question, according to specialists in the law of government secrecy, is borderline incoherent. Mm-hmm. There is no directive memorializing a decision to declassify information and conveying it to the rest of government. The action would essentially have no consequence as the departments and agencies would continue to consider that information classified because yep. they weren't told that it wasn't. There you and go. so would continue to restrict access to documents containing it. And so it's very, you know, sort of hypothetical. So when they say hypothetical questions like, what if a president thinks to himself that something is declassified? Does that change its status? Which is absurd. But like, these are so speculative that their practical meaning is negligible. This is what Stephen Aftergood, a secrecy specialist within the Federation of American Scientists said. He added, it is a logical mess. The system is not meant to be deployed in such an arbitrary fashion. And that's it. I mean, like, 
it's never meant to be tested to this point. It's a process. There's a process. It's a, it's a process of consultancy. Yeah. It's, you know, you're not just waving a wand around. It doesn't have to be legally binding. It doesn't have to be punishable by death to do the wrong thing when classifying documents. You just assume that everyone is Barack Obama and they're not being weird about it. But enter Trump. Guys are fucking lunatic. All but pre- look, all presidents, yeah, all presidents, all presidents past. Even Nixon, although you know, there's stuff that he tried to withhold. Um, you know, handed over all the documents, including including the recordings. Yeah, it was a sketchy but only, bastard, but he, only understand it wasn't it rational. Order, but, yeah. uh, but the thing is, as ridiculous as this anyway, it might not matter. This is one of the big sort of like red herrings of the thing because Trump is also being investigated under the Espionage Act, which makes no reference to whether a document has been deemed classified or not. It just makes it a crime to retain, without authorization, documents related to the national defense that could be used to harm the United States or aid a foreign adversary. Yeah, fairly clear. Classification is, generally speaking, not enforced by criminal law. It's primarily administrative with punishments, including a loss of security clearance, removal from positions, and general employment-related sanctions. Whether the documents are classified or not, here is a is a bit of a, a red herring. Um, the laws simply don't require the documents to be classified for Trump to be convicted of a crime. Last person that I can think of uh, who was convicted of mishandling secure uh, or top-secret documents was uh, Petraeus, David Petraeus. Ah, uh, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, who was the uh, leader of the coalition or the general in charge of the coalition in Afghanistan. Afghanistan, and he was having an affair with with uh, with a woman uh, while well, he was a married man. Tish tisk, of course, um, but he was also <laughs> you know, flipping through confidential or secret documents with her. Wasn't she a Russian agent? No, no. There's nothing really. Is is is, is I mean, look, her background was a little bit uh, a little bit suspect. In the end, Petraeus uh, pleaded guilty to or plea bargained his way down to a, a misdemeanor conviction. Yeah, yeah. That's what you sort of expect in a situation like this. So while Trump did, in a move that now seems very funny, sign an extension of an existing law that was about to expire that makes mishandling classified documents into a felony by continuing the law and changing the maximum penalty from one year to five years. So before it was a basic misdemeanor, now it's a felony because of the maximum penalty being five years. This is widely seen as an attempt to ensnare Hillary Clinton in it and, of course, due to her private email server indiscretions. But so far, the investigation hasn't really mentioned Trump contravening this act. I've been reading through a lot of material and I haven't seen that brought up. But that's the thing. I think this might be due to the fact that the aforementioned complication around classification, which is something that Hillary Clinton didn't have the power to to do. Yeah, she had no power to say. I, she wasn't president. <laughs> she couldn't wave the KFC. I declare, I declare these documents declassified. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, didn't have that authority. Not a president. No. Um, uh, yeah. So so Trump's actually uh, scaled up the law that may in fact snare him. So uh, and he might just be you know instead of looking at a. At a dismal year in prison, it could be five. I mean, we're a long way from that. He hasn't been charged with any offence, it must be no. said. And they're not even looking at that because, like I say, like you know, he can just make the KFC declassification argument and it yep. looks like that's something that might stand up. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it, the answer about all of this is it's very mercury. Uh, murky, I should say. Mercury. It is. That's how Trump would say it. Might be, yeah, we're about to talk about that sort of thing now. Nuclear secrets are a bit different. Uh, the Atomic Energy Act makes it a crime 
time to disclose nuclear secrets. But this relies on the assumption these are nuclear secrets, which is a matter of speculation. Total speculation. Again, top secret documents, we're not going to know Don't what's going to happen. What, no idea. Uh, what, uh, what the Democrats are calling for is uh, for an, a, an analysis of those documents, and uh, not that we'll ever see them or hear them, hear about them, but that analysis um, would be would be made available to Congress. I would think it should be made public. But anyway, yeah. it, it almost certainly won't be. Many people, mostly lefties, excited by the idea of Trump being killed, uh, have been mistaking the potential charges under the Espionage Act with that of treason. Treason carries a potential federal death penalty. I'm just wondering, Joel, if, if that does come up, do, do you think uh, you know the, the, the feds would use, you know, would go old school with a firing squad or, or, or <laughs> just go with a lethal... Lethal injection, you know? Something we can dream. Anyway, while the Espionage Act carries up to 10 years, though this is for each offence under the Act, they might be <laughs> looking at a few counts, but he's not getting a needle anytime soon. No. Or the it, firing squad. No, yeah, sorry. I mean, yeah, it seemed a bit overblown. We're like, oh, my God, they're going to kill Trump. State sanctioned, woohoo. Yeah. yeah. No. But the other two laws, they also carry some weight. The second, Section 1519, whatever, is an obstruction law that is part of the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, which uh-huh. is apparently a broad set of reforms enacted by Congress in 2002 after financial scandals at firms like Enron, Arthur ah, Anderson, and WorldCom back in the Bush days. What a fun time. Section 1519 sets a penalty of up to 20 years in prison per offense for the act of destroying or concealing documents or records, quote, with the intent to impede, obstruct, or influence the investigation or proper administration of any matter. Oh, that's pretty broad, isn't it? And this is within the jurisdiction of federal departments or agencies. So, I mean, it's it's got some interesting uh, weasel words there for lawyers, but realistically, ugh, it's not mm, good. Very the, broad. The third law the investigators cite in the warrant is Section 2071, which criminalizes the theft or destruction of government documents. Pretty straightforward. It makes it a crime punishable in part by three years in prison per offense for anyone with custody of any record or document from federal court or public office to willfully and unlawfully conceal, remove, mutilate, falsify, or destroy it. He's ticking a few boxes there. He's known to do. I mean, look at his toilets. Let's have a look. (laughs) Another penalty in Section 2071 that has been making the headlines is that on conviction, the defendant is barred from holding federal office. This is a big talking point at the moment because this face would prevent Trump from running in 2024, which is a big woohoo from the left and a big from the right. But the thing is, this assumes that he's actually going to be convicted and this is going to be wrapped up by then. Yeah. 2024. They're not even be charged. Yeah, they haven't been charged with any offence yet. It's going to take fucking ages. Have you seen how slow the wheels of justice turn? Man, they're mm. creaky as shit. Mm. Yeah. But look, regardless, it, many legal specialists believe that any conviction under Section 2071 would be unlikely to block Mr. Trump from running again. Supreme Court rulings suggest that because the Constitution sets out criteria for who is eligible for the presidency, Congress cannot, by criminal law, alter that standard. So, you know, this uh, sort of, I guess, wet dream, Democrat wet dream that he won't run again in 2024 well, perhaps it's not a, a, a Democrat uh, wet dream. I, you know, again, I look at this and think, there's no way this guy's electable. Yeah. There's no way this guy's electable again. Yeah. It's like when it comes to democracy, you do need people to vote. And while people do have to, you know, sort of turn up in the US, uh. the guy's fucking crazy. And like they voted against him by voting for Biden, who's pretty uninspiring and had a good week, but no one cares. But uh, it is... 
it's hard to say. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that was down to pandemic management. There's a lot of a lot of other things at play. I mean, mainly you know, Americans were sick of the chaos, and this is yeah. more chaos, more chaos, more self-centered, narcissistic mm. fucking chaos. So again, we get that we get that sort of dichotomy of things going on here. We've got his his poll ratings rise, uh, but at the same time, I think this is something that would make him essentially unelectable. Yeah, and his poll ratings are rising with no contenders in the field anyway. He's basically running unopposed. But this is the thing with the Supreme Court. So you say with the Supreme Court would have to basically rule out this idea of this law stopping him from holding federal office because of a constitutional definition. Supreme Court is totally going to go with Trump. Look at Roe versus Wade. He's he's stacked the court. If they have a legal basis to go conservative, you could almost bloody guarantee they will. And while it will probably slide straight through, it'll be a massive lawyer's picnic with all these guys lining up in front of the cameras, charging $7,000 a day, $7,000 an hour. $7,000 to answer their phone. And just having a fucking great time. But in the a smorgasbord, a lawyer's ab- smorgasbord, all you can eat. Absolutely. And this is the thing with any kind of Supreme Court challenge that comes from any of this ambiguous shit that's going on with these bizarre conventions that are so open to interpretation. I would not be counting on SCOTUS to be putting Donald Trump in the shit. <laughs> not for a second. Well, you never know. I mean, I mean, they certainly didn't have a bar of any of the electoral fraud stuff, did they? Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. They don't have a basis for it. There's no black letter basis. Whereas when it comes to like things like Roe versus Wade, they had a really great legal reasoning to be able to shoot that down. Morally repugnant, but legally feasible. And they jumped on it. And I think yeah. that with this kind of ambiguity, ambiguity with this declassification and with this, this federal law issue, I think that ambiguity is going to play into them siding with their ideology over the, you know, over anything else because, I mean, they can. Well, the SCOTUS, the SCOTUS did call Florida uh, for Bush in, in 2000. Yeah, that was bloody interesting. That it could, I guess it could have gone either way. But, yeah, yeah. They, they, they certainly weren't having a bar of the 2020 stuff. No, nah, uh, no, nah, absolutely not. fraud. Because yeah. it was fucking dumb, that's why. In the aftermath of the search, the commentary has ranged from the terrifying to the hilarious. So I'm going to kick off with the hilarious because, yeah. of course, Donald Trump Jr. can't keep his coke-fueled mouth shut. Junior! G'day, Junior. Here's a tweet to? from that fucking idiot. Well, this is what he's up to. He's talking shit on benders. Here's the quote. If you think it's a coincidence that Jeffrey Epstein's lawyer became a federal judge and that very same judge of thousands of judges was the person to sign off on the Mar-a-Lago search warrant. You haven't been paying attention. Wait a minute. It was pointed out almost immediately that Alan Dershowitz, affectionately affectionately known as Dersh, defended Epstein and has been accused of sexual exploitation by victims involved in the Epstein scandal. Also has been a lawyer for Trump. The Dersh was was, uh, Trump's main man. uh, Exactly. For for the, I think, the first, uh, no, sorry, the second uh, impeachment hearing. Yeah. Why the fuck? Why would Don Jr. (laughs) Yeah, June just hasn't been paying attention. No. And 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 let's face it, he's a little bit stupid. He's a little bit stupid. So it's not all completely insane and dumb shit. Moderate voices of the GOP are still claiming this is a witch hunt in line with Trump, but taking it down a notch. Witch Witch hunt. hunt. I mean, we, we love the witch hunt. It's been going for a while. Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy wrote on Twitter that the search was evidence of the politicization of the FBI against Donald Trump that started before he was even elected and continues to this day. That is now moderate language. 
And yeah. in a form of basic political gaslighting in what I would call a post-truth era, on Fox News on Monday evening, Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio, a close ally of Donald Trump, demanded answers for Mr. Garland and Christopher Ray, the FBI director. Yeah, what were you really doing? What were you looking for? Jordan said, why not talk to President Trump and have him give the information you're after? This is unbelievable. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And, like, this sounds so reasonable on the face of it. Just, like, just go talk to the guy. It could be a misunderstanding. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's no problem. You can't fucking reason with Trump. The guy's a fucking sociopath. He's unreasonable to the point of absurdity. He behaves like a child. Paradigm has shifted to a point where being reasonable now appears to be the most ridiculous thing you can possibly do. Again, I get back to that, that, uh, you know, it's just an observation and it is speculation that this is more than just a, well, we could just hang on. They seem to have a few more documents that that we haven't that haven't been returned. You know, let, let's just call them and get that sorted out. Yeah. There seems to be more to this. I mean, certainly Merrick Garland is putting his neck out yes. on this. And, and there's it would a sense of urgency. to me that there's yeah. more. Yeah. Now, we, pr- we previously mentioned that Trump's lawyer signed a document stating that he had returned all documents marked classified. So, you know, they could have just basically um, uh, sent off a, sent, sent off another request. But, but you know, they, they'd said um, uh, that uh, we don't have any more. They'd returned 15 boxes of material in January. Archivists noticed, noticed gaps in the material, which promoted the investigation. All of this actually implies they did try and reason with him, but had better reason to believe that Trump was holding onto documents, contrary to statements by his lawyer. Lawyer said, we don't have any more. Yeah. We got no more. And surprisingly, it looks like they were lying through their dumbass teeth. Mm. So with Trump on the truth social, going ballistic and posting insane shit, people still in government that still have Twitter accounts are also rolling up the base and getting them ready for some kind of war. So mm. not in government, but right-wing dipshit commentator Stephen Crowder now famously tweeted, tomorrow is war. Sleep well. Oh well, that's nice. Have a good yeah. night's sleep. You know, Isn't before nice? you have before you have a bloody civil war where millions die. But have a good night's sleep tonight. Oh, he, like the guy doesn't know war if it shot him in the face. But this, this, like on face value, it seemed like it was this rally cry around Trump to pick up arms against his tyrannical Biden regime. regime. What it ended up being was an ad for his fight like hell merch line, which he released the next day, oh, which I nice. just love. Just I love it. Rift. It's like no, war. That's- that's a, hey, here's the T-shirt. That's a spectacular piece of grifting right there. It's incredible. It's so brazen. MTG, Marjorie Taylor Green went the same path, but arguably even funnier with Defund the FBI merch featuring her initials, MTG, on the back. First they came for black men and I did nothing. Then they came for an orange man and I wanted to defund the FBI. That's <laughs> just the way they work. Fellow Cupil lawmaker Paul Gosar of Arizona said something very similar here. He's a weirdo. I will support a complete dismantling and elimination of the Democrat brown shirts known as the FBI. Brown shirts. Yeah, they never really wear brown shirts. They they, they tend to wear white. With, no. with black thin ties. Yeah. Oh, you know, bless their hearts. They dress well. But this is the sad thing. Unlike Marjorie Taylor Greene, he is not a true patriot because he's not releasing matching oh, merchandise. come on, Paul. Come on, mate. Get a T-shirt line cracking. So the rhetoric hasn't fallen on deaf ears entirely with Ricky Schiffer, 42 years young, picking up an AR-15 and a nail gun with the intention of breaching an FBI building in Cincinnati, Ohio. Now, why the nail gun when you've got an AR-15? I think it is a good question. He posted this on Truth Social, and I fucking love this. Well, I thought I had a way through bulletproof glass, and I didn't. Uh, 
<laughs> he thought the nail gun would go through yeah. the bulletproof glass. Could have some research on that there, uh, young Ricky. It's very good. And then he goes on to say, very sadly, if you don't hear from me, it is true. I tried attacking the FBI. It'll mean either I was taken off the internet, the FBI mm-hmm. got me, or they sent the regular cops. And they did send the regular cops, and they shot him in a cornfield. Yeah. But, I yeah, mean- Being taken off the internet was really- It really was optimistic. Just- yeah, that was yeah. That, that was kind of like best case scenario. Isn't that a great conspiracy? It's like take it off the internet. What, like they'll delete your profiles? <laughs> what do you right. mean? Like, All of a going? sudden you're like spit static out of your fingers and you can't touch laptops anymore? Like, <laughs> what? Ricky, <laughs> darling, what are yeah. you talking about? Well, he, in a way he has been taken off the internet. He has. Um, he has. He's, well, he's, he has he's no longer posting, has. put it that way. No, no, no. And yeah. They love posting. So the calls for war have only really just begun with the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security seeing a spike in threats to law enforcement, which seems like a dumb thing to threaten because you know they're going to be armed. But it's not surprising because they've been basically told to by Trump and his allies in the media and in the government itself to go after law enforcement, which is just so cooked. Yeah. Look, there has been another case too, Joel, of a a fellow in DC self-immolating or immolating in a car uh, and and attempting to go through bollards um, and failing. So, Awful. yes, there's, there's another case there. I mean, another, you know, yeah. forget about it's going to kick off. It, it has kicked off. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really concerning. And, like, these sort of many calls for civil war on social media are being made even by people who are under investigation for storming the Capitol on January 6th. It's like, wow. shut up, maybe? So yeah. one man who is awaiting sentencing, he's Ooh. awaiting sentencing for his role in the insurrection attempt. He posted, are we not in a cold civil war at this point? And this is, like, I got this from media. So, like, the judge would know this. Following yeah. this with, I am awaiting sentencing for trespassing to the Capitol. I am only being careful with my <laughs> words. Yeah. Not that careful. Maybe Not you careful. should stop posting. Yeah. I know it's hard. I know. I, look, I, I, I got, I'm in Facebook jail right now. It's so, it's difficult. Be like Ricky Schiffer and stop posting on the internet. Yeah, exactly. Maybe go and hang out in a cornfield somewhere. I mean, for fuck's sake. <laughs> The term lock and load was repeated throughout a thread on The Donald, which is a pro-Trump internet forum. Used to be on Reddit. Now it's got its own .com. But this is the thing. Like, Ricky was a lone actor. He was quick off the mark. But according to a former intelligence official who worked in both FBI and CIA, there may well be a catastrophic event in the wake of this. And I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to come to that conclusion or a, you know, intelligence analysis. But he told the CNN... When I followed religious extremists overseas, I never anticipated we would see this in America. We are. And then adding that today's domestic extremists were similar to the ones he monitored abroad. They're radicalised. They're radicalised, yeah. um, you know, occult-like behaviour yep. uh, and, and, and incapable of, of, of uh, rational thought. And it looks like, generally speaking, prepared to die for their cause, which is... Not a good situation. I'm prepared, yeah, and prepared to, you know, they've been pilled so so hard, so heavily that that you know the, the idea of, of of committing mass murder just doesn't bother them at all. No, and they, the they, thing- they see the righteousness of their cause. And they need this stuff to be validated. And this is a quote from me again. They require leadership to tell them that what they're thinking is okay. And they require validation yeah. from that leadership to suggest to them that violence is okay. Yeah, and that's what go. they're getting. <laughs> yep. They are getting shitloads. And he went on to say, people with AR-15s and camo are going to say, I'm going to do something about it. That's dangerous. I think we are going to see another catastrophic event. And, like, this is the thing with the, le- the validation from leadership. Lawmakers... I mean, alongside prominent 
trusted conservative commentators who are on mainstream networks and, you know, slightly fringe, but not not conspiratorial holes. They are leaping over each other to say the most inflammatory shit to show loyalty to Trump, get ratings, be edgy, sell fucking T-shirts for Christ's sake. The GOP itself has worn their base with the Republican House Caucus Twitter account tweeting, if they can do it to a former president, imagine what they can do to you. Oh, God, I mean, God. Come on, guys. Mm. Rain it in. This is not the time for that shit. You can't rein in Trump because he's a fucking idiot, but at least have some dignity. Just don't post. Yeah. Don't post that. Don't tweet yeah. it. Well, yeah. just It's not just decency. It's just some calm, measured, rational thinking. Yeah, it's just bizarre. But, of course, they just have to jump on it because, I mean, you know, you're either with them or against them, I suppose. Fucking nutters. So Republican Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson on Sunday defended the FBI's execution of a search warrant at, a, at the at the, the residence, saying the critics in the GOP need to pull back on casting judgment. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of moderating voices we need. Now, it's not exactly an extensive put down of what the GOP has been saying, but he goes on to say the FBI is simply carrying out their responsibilities under the law, a lawful search warrant that a magistrate signed off on. And they yes. didn't go in there with FBI raid jackets. They That's tried right. to constrain their behavior carrying out that warrant. This is what he said to CNN's State of the Union program and called on fellow Republicans to stand with law enforcement like they put in their fucking bumper stickers. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that, until very recently was the, was their raison d'etre. You know, tough on, crime, tough on crime, you know, support Back law the enforcement. Blue. Yeah. The Republican lawmakers and candidates have accused the agencies, the FBI, without evidence of carrying out political retribution against the former president, tapping into long-running GOP hostility towards arms of the federal government. And Back the Blue is usually reserved for local cops. Republicans traditionally hate federal police because they think they are part of the deep state. Yeah. And many Republican officials likened the search of Mar-a-Lago on Monday to the act of a dictatorship or even a Nazi regime, including Godwin's law with zero shame. Invoking yeah, go Godwin's law with zero shame. They'll go there in seconds. And, like, that is the thing that's interesting with it. Like, you know, if you look back... You've seen this rally around the police indiscriminately chanting it at rallies, going all out to back the blue. But if you look back, you really can see a long history of Americans distrusting the feds, loving their local sheriff, hating the FBI. But yeah. that back and, and the look, blue the FBI, became comprehensive recently. And the FBI certainly is its own worst enemy in, in, in its history, by the way. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, with J. Edgar Hoover, we saw all sorts of shenanigans going on there, uh, illegal wiretaps. Uh, Martin Luther King uh, was uh, was uh, illegally wiretapped and basically black files prepared around him to the yeah. point where he, he was uh, pulled up by, by the FBI and told, you know, you basically just need to disappear from public office because we've got all this stuff on you, all your extramarital affairs, all of Ooh. this stuff that will cause a scandal and we need you to stand down. I mean, Ooh. there is indeed, tenuous as it may be, there is indeed tenuous uh, links and evidence that FBI or black CIA ops were involved in the assassination of Martin Luther King. Yeah. So there's a long history. I mean, you know, J. J. Edgar Hoover refused to acknowledge the existence of the mafia until it could no longer be, be refused. You know? Yeah, wow. Uh, and, and that was thought, you know, it was thought that uh, a mob accountant, Maya Lansky, had photos of uh, of J. Edgar Hoover in the uh, the black cocktail frock and yeah. um, performing a, a, a sex act uh, on uh, one of his co-officers. Oh, dear. Who was alleged to have had 
a an affair with, a long-standing affair with. So, so the FBI has got this really checkered past. Uh, yeah, and so and that plays into all this sort of this plays into all this sort of uh, cynicism around the deep state. Yeah. Yeah, but what we saw, what, what oh, there was something that really fascinated me, Joe. You talked about Asa Hutchinson, uh, you know, speaking moderately there. I saw an interview with uh, with on, on Hannity's show on Fox News where he had Lara Trump, Eric's wife, for now, and um, and, <laughs> and and uh, and, uh, and and DeSantis, the Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, was also introduced to the program. And, and he made similar comments to Asa Hutchinson. Uh, Hannity referred to uh, the FBI's uh, execution of the search warrant as a raid, and, and DeSantis jumped in straight away and said, it was not a raid. These men were doing their jobs. You have to stop talking like this. You have to stop using this narrative. It is extremely dangerous. And Lara Trump and uh, Hannity uh, sort of quibbled with DeSantis until Hannity, disgusted, basically just turned DeSantis' mic off. Yeah. Well, it's great to have you here, uh, I'll see you later, and yeah. uh, and that was that. So yeah. that's the sort of new GOP approach, I think, that we're actually seeing this. I mean, obviously not from NTG and these kind of lunatics, no. Um, but um, but the the GOP approach is is you want to blame someone, blame the DOJ, blame the Justice Department, but don't blame individual FBI agents. Yeah, and that's what's happening. They're just doing their job. Well, I mean, this is the thing. So Trump released the names of the FBI agents. This is so bad. By yeah. giving an unredacted copy of the official warrant to Breitbart, the right-wing news organisation, that then published it and named the agents involved in the search. Did it name them all or just name them? There's two. There's two, two of them yeah. who signed so, yeah, the warrant. So, so the not warrant. a dozen or more, but, but two, two of the agents who were the ones responsible who for the issue it, yeah. of the search warrant. Yeah. I'm not sure if other agents have been named by other sort of means, but what mm. I do know is that the unredacted version of the warrant had two agents signing off on it, and uh, and they, they've been named quite blatantly in what has been so said dangerous. to be an act of deliberate intimidation is, but yeah. this is what trump does and this this i this is great i love this joel b pollack a senior editor at the at breitbart he wrote this on twitter there is suddenly a very real risk of violent political instability in this country for the first time in more than 150 years and it's like yeah you are guiding the ship this is so much on you. So much of this inflammatory right-wing rhetoric is coming from organizations like Breitbart or being amplified by it. And, like, I'm sorry, man. Like, if don't accelerate this kind of rhetoric and then come out and be, oh, it's well, looking pretty dire it's out there. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah. This is on you, fuckhead. But well, also- it, it really is. I mean, look, look you, you, I would actually argue that Breitbart, Breitbart is, is is probably a, a more moderate voice, and that is saying something. Isn't that is it? saying yeah. something. Yeah, um, they're not uh, they're not conspiratorial to the point of being you know sort of underground telegram. No, but you know. you know they are they are, you know sort of definitely pro Trump and, and and Trump himself. I mean, wow, he wants to be very very careful. Yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, one of the things that Trump did, uh, which wasn't very careful, is released a copy of the unredacted warrant on True Social, which, because it was Trump, it was released as a push notification to anyone on the anyone social media the, platforms yeah, on, on devices, platform. which wow. is just crazy. I mean, like, he just wanted everyone to see it. Yeah, and, and even the judge who signed off on the search warrant has been subject to threats by lunatics, which has started a push for a new security bill aimed at bolstering judges' security. That's where we are now. Mm -hmm. As a result of simply doing his job, U.S. Magistrate, federal 
Court Magistrate, Judge Bruce Reinhardt, became the target of a wave of violent anti-Semitic threats. Yep. His personal information, including his home address, been doxed. have been shared on Twitter and far-right forums, which, wow. of course, lead to genuine concerns about his family's safety. Absolutely. This is a quote which I love. Although I can't speak to specific situations, I can say that threats against judges fulfilling their constitutional responsibilities strike at the very core of our democracy. And that is from US Circuit Judge Richard Sullivan, who chairs the Judicial Conference Committee on Judicial Security. Now, Absolutely right. Ricky, mate, I'm sure you really liked that quote, and I'm sure it felt like there was a lot of gravity. That is complete gibberish to MAGA people. They don't give a fuck. They <laughs> want to shoot the magistrate where he sleeps because they feel wronged by him. I love that. I think it's it's true. It does strike at the core, but they don't give a fuck. Yeah, look, I, yeah, look it's, it, it, is a, it, it, it is a great quote because it speaks to r- rational, reasonable Americans of whom <laughs> still make up the, the vast majority. Well, you know, you're right. When you're you right. get to Margaret Idiots, yes, they need – you know what that needs to happen, John? They need to be fucking marginalised. Yes, well, they do. They absolutely do, and that's, that's quite right. And it, it is good to remind the listeners and myself that – we do focus in on a very loud and very weird minority of people. Mm. Very well armed, very stupid, and very, very loud. Dangerous. And very dangerous. Very yeah. dangerous, but they're not the majority. And democracy, oh, God, I think it might win. I don't know. Well, it's, it's, it's looking sick. It's looking very sick. It's looking uh, sick. Uh, the US magistrate, uh, federal magistrate, uh, Bruce Reinhardt, has also been subject to accusations of being affiliated with uh, dead pedo Jeffrey Epstein after Brian Kilmeade, filling in for Tucker Carlson, finished his show with a badly photoshopped picture of Reinhardt getting a foot massage on a private plane from Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh-huh. The original photo was of Jeffrey Epstein, of course. In the next segment, Sean Hannity made a point to say the photo was not real, but even the correction was piss weak with Hannity saying, I think that's actually a picture of Jeffrey Epstein with somebody putting Reinhardt's head on there. And and it, it took a day for Brian Kilmeade to come in and confirm that it was a, uh, a, a doctored photo. Yeah, you know? and like Fox News have, according to Vanity Fair, not apologise for airing the meme, despite the fact that this is so inflammatory. Oh, they were, they were just saying, oh, you know, we, it was so bad that we just thought everyone would realise. Yeah, I mean, that, like that that's was like, that yeah. was that was Kilmeade's uh, what a apology of a kind. Dumb fucking defence. I mean, now if you look up Bruce Reinhardt on Google, it gives you those autocomplete suggestions, and there's you know magistrate Marilago, blah, blah blah. But two of the suggestions are Epstein and Maxwell. I mean, you know. People believe this shit. Like, you're dealing with fucking morons. Like, uh, so we've mentioned the immediate protest outside of Mar-a-Lago on the Monday night with the frothing idiots in Florida, but several small flag-waving events have popped up at FBI buildings, which includes a small protest in Phoenix with armed to the fucking teeth Trump supporters holding signs like, honor your oath and abolish FBI. Ah, Concerning. The group yeah. was about 25 people that the FBI claimed their, their statement was so diplomatic. They were peacefully exercising their First Amendment rights. And they oh, kind of yeah. were, but they were also like standing up. Well, their Second Amendment rights thrown in. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they didn't mention that. And I'm like, man, there's a lot of Second Amendment going on in those pictures. Another protest, including approximately 50 people, 
was held in Riverside, California, outside the federal agency's office there, but with way less open carry. But I don't think that's because of a lack of conviction. I think it's mostly because of California gun laws being more restrictive than in Arizona. I believe you have to conceal your shit. So they probably that's had right. some yeah, guns no, just no, under no, their no, T-shirts. California's definitely not an open carry yeah. state. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a gun-toting uh, place. And that's why us liberals love it so much. Although, with the Supreme Court judgment, you know. Yeah. Any, any minute now. Any minute now. It's so true. It's so true. Another protest was planned outside the FBI headquarters in Washington, D.C., and the protest was promoted by the far-right, Falun Gong-backed, anti-CCP media outlet, the Epoch Times. And I just want to say as a side note here, those guys who have those weird anti-CCP like posters that do that Tai Chi-looking shit in parks, massive Trump supporters. They're a total cult, and they're weird as fuck, and I don't like them. Anyway. Very, very odd, isn't it? We should do an episode on Falun Gong. Mm, I think we do need to, yeah. Yeah, because like Epoch Times is fascinating. Yeah, it's... I had that on my early list of things to do, and then the world melted down and I had to cover other stuff. But the protest was a complete failure with nobody turning up, and they say nobody turned up, but people probably went there and went, oop, oop. But the event was widely reported in right-wing media, more conspiratorial right-wing media to be to be precise, mm. as being a trap. The protest was called for by a veteran named Adam Hardage to, pro- to quote, protest the out-of-control FBI and its actions against President yeah, Trump. In the time between announcing the protest and the day itself, conspiracy theories took over the narrative and the event was all but cancelled. This indicates a general sense of paranoia in the ranks and also a dominance of conspiratorial rumour mill information in the right-wing media space. And since then, Donald Trump told Fox News Digital that, and I, and I quote the orange one, terrible things are going to happen as he faces the blame for violence and threats directed at a FBI agent. Could actually call this then. I mean, he goes on to goes on to speak, but he could actually chill this out himself. But this is just the way he thinks. Yeah. You know, these bad things are going to happen to me if FBI agents are subject to violence. I mean, they're the th- they're they're the people that are going to be subject to bad things. You know, terrible things. Yeah. He goes on to say, anyway, the country is in a very dangerous position. There is tremendous anger like I've never seen before, over all of the scams and this new one, years of scams and witch hunts, and now this. The former president told the outlet that, told the outlet that he will do whatever he can to help the country, adding that the temperature has to be brought down. Now, again, he's not acknowledging mm-hmm. his role in this at all, uh, uh, no. you know, that I no. could bring the temperature down. Uh, I could do this. Yeah, um, Exactly. Yeah. It's fucking gaslighting. And, and, it's completely and it's gaslighting. Basically, once we get back to this this business, um, uh, this is his business model. Let's continue to make noise, continue yep. to raise funds, and then when consequence comes, whether it's January sixth or some of his conduct before he became president, or indeed some of it while he was, uh, and then it's kind of you know this country is in a very dangerous prison position. These are scams, you know. This new one, they're all scams, witch hunts, and hoaxes, you know. Yeah, hundred percent, and it's all of his own at his own hand. It's his own doing. Yeah, and he went on to say there has never been a time like this where law enforcement has been used to break into the house of a former president of the United States, and there is tremendous anger in the country at a level that has never been seen before. Well, Civil War, other than other than during very par- yeah. perilous times. Oh, well, that's probably what he was referring I to, I guess those are the perilous times. And that's only a few years before we started recording this on Tuesday morning. And, I mean, oh. this is still unfolding. This story is still unfolding. And that, that was an hour of choice picks from a lot of media coverage and a lot of really good journalism went into this. But 
this story is in yeah, its absolutely. infancy, and I'm I imagine we'll probably have yeah. to do another part of this at Look, some point. I mean, I, 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 let's, let's not be too alarmist, but you know, this sort of talk of civil war can't be just easily dismissed as as hysteria. Yeah, it, there's a midpoint here where it's that the talk of civil war is real, but overplaying it and you know saying that the whole republic is fucked. Well. I mean, look, we've said that a million times. It's a big step, but but and, and we're certainly not talking. I mean, I'm certainly not talking about the, you know that sort of cataclysm occurring today, tomorrow, next week, next month. Um, but this is one of these very very serious episodes in American history where you think, yeah, you know, cool heads have to prevail. One, you expect uh, Garland, the Attorney General, to have made good calls on this and not to be politicising what is a yeah. very very dangerous situation. Uh, if there is real information that Trump has committed an indictable offence, uh, well, well, yes, it has to be investigated, but uh, most of this stuff needs to be conducted in public. Well, unfortunately, yes. As much as possible. It anyway. shouldn't have to be. It shouldn't be like that because that's just, it's kind of insane sometimes. Sometimes the public doesn't need to know. And one of the reasons why the public doesn't need to know is because in situations like this, when there's nuance and complex themes, disinformation people will then make these things into what they want them to be because people are too stupid to understand the story, but they desperately want to be experts. It's very frustrating. Yeah, I understand. People, people don't understand the process. The People don't understand processes of criminal prosecutions, criminal charges, indeed. But um, look, what bothered me a little bit was that Garland for two days refused to, public, uh, to, to publish the search warrant or, yeah. or to request a court to lift the seal. <clears throat> and I would have thought that was necessary and perhaps could have been a subject of discussions, uh, not at his level, but but at a, another level than the DOJ uh, through the courts and, through, and, 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 and into Trump's lawyers. Um, you've got to be really, really careful, you know, and I just yeah. hope that he's got his, all his ducks in a row. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's a view within mainstream media that Trump is a headline machine, and, and it's true to a point. I mean, he just oh, is. Totally. But the reason he's been making so many headlines recently is, you know, that his chooks are coming home to roost, you know. Be it the January 6th insurrection and his role in it. There's a Southern District civil case alleging fraud and tax evasion from Trump companies. Yeah. Uh, and the latest on that comes from New York Times, who on 16th of August, the day we were recording, have said that a senior executive, and that is Weiselberg, Trump's former CFO, who was charged with participating in a years-long tax scheme, is nearing a deal with Manhattan prosecutors, but will not cooperate with a broader investigation into Mr. Trump, according to three people with knowledge of the matter. So if it becomes final, a plea deal for the executive, Alan H. Weisselberg, would bring prosecutors no closer to indicting the former president, but would nonetheless brand one of his most trusted lieutenants a felon. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like a Clayton's plea bargain, you know. I mean, uh, I, I would expect Weisselberg not to be str- to, to struggle to avoid a, 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 a custodial sentence. Um, uh, he's going to squeal like uh, a pig. Sing like a bird. Uh, man, it appears that he's not. It appears Ooh, that he's not. Uh, and, and that he's plea bargained this down on the basis that he won't be involved in any broader investigation into Mr. Trump. Okay. Uh, but in, and in Georgia's grand jury criminal probe into efforts to overturn the result in Georgia in 2020, a lawyer for Rudy Giuliani has indicated that the former New York mayor is a target of that investigation. Rudy's in <laughs> so much shit, it's not funny. It really is. And there's big news in... With the Washington Post reporting that under Sidney Powell's mad directives, far more voting machines were seized and examined 
some by legal means and others not. Yeah, far more voting machines than we actually thought have actually yeah. been seized and examined and sometimes illegally. And I just want to talk about one particular example. In Michigan, efforts to access the machine, the machines, the voting machines, jumped into public view earlier this month when the State Attorney General, Dana Nessel, who's a Democrat, requested a special prosecutor be assigned to look into a group that includes her likely Republican opponent, Matthew DiPerno. She's hired the special prosecutor so she can be at arm's length of this because DiPerno, uh, uh, who, who, who is uh, the expected Republican nominee, has been running around airing all these mad electoral fraud conspiracies. Um <laughs> Uh, Nestle's office wrote in a petition filed August 5 based on the findings of a state police investigation that uh, Matthew DiPerno was one of the prime instigators of a conspiracy to persuade Michigan clerks to allow unauthorised access to voting machines. Others involved, according to the filing, including included a state representative and another and another elected uh, representative, a, a Republican county sheriff in Barry County, Darleaf, which is just a what a weird name. name. It's a red Great name. name. Love it. Once it's election red, officials oh, yeah. lose control of voting machines, this is the thing, this is according to the Washington Post, and, but it's, it's it's common knowledge, the machines can no longer be used because of the risk of hacking. Moreover, voters can lose faith in the country's electoral infrastructure as if they haven't already when they hear about machines <laughs> that have not been adequately protected. For months... Few knew about the review of voting machines by Sheriff Leaf, the Barry County Sheriff, who belongs to a constitutional sheriff's association that contends sheriffs okay. must answer to voters, but not state or federal authorities. There's the head his of the federals. Te- his team told Clarks to keep their visits quiet, according to Clarks. Um, a Barry County clerk, Pamela Palmer, learned of the investigation in June 2020. 21 and confronted Deputy Sheriff Kevin Erb and investigator Michael Lynch to ask why she had not been told about their work. They said, well, we're kind of doing this under the element of surprise. I said, <laughs> what have you got to hide? So that is kind of what started it all, Palmer said. Reuters last month first reported on the scope of lease investigation and that led Palmer to challenging it, the Barry County clerk. Barry County's top prosecutor, Julie Knackfall Pratt, met with Leaf and his attorney, Stephanie Lambert, as well as others last summer to find out what they were doing. That's the Northern Hemisphere summer, to find out what they were doing. Lambert pressed Pratt to issue search warrants and tried to shape how she handled the case, Pratt said. She told Lambert that Leaf had not demonstrated he had probable cause to inspect the voting machines. I stood by my ground and I just told her, you've got to go with what you have and if you don't have it, you don't have it, Pratt said basic principle of law enforcement. (laughs) In a written statement, uh, Leaf's lawyer, Sheriff Leaf's lawyer, Lambert, said the group's inquiries into voting machines were appropriate. Her statement echoed ones issued by DiPerno and Logan that criticised the Attorney General. Legitimate investigations on behalf of elected constitutional officers in the course of determining whether there was election day fraud is not a crime, Lambert said in her statement. But here's the punchline. Barry County... Turn left at Buttfuck, Michigan, and you're almost there. Is a county with a population of 64,000. It's teeny weeny. And of that 64,000, 46,200 are registered voters, 36,100 of whom cast a ballot in the presidential election of 2020, and that's 78% turnout, and that's 12 points higher than the national 
average turnout. So uh-huh. overtly, there is no sign. There is no sign of fraud here. But here's the other thing, Joel, and to our <laughs> listeners: Trump won Barry County sixty-five thirty-five. I mean, he won. He almost mm-hmm. doubled Biden's vote. So what on earth are Sheriff Leaf and his team doing? A Leaf who looks like he shares an IQ with a houseplant, although I would dispute that as houseplants show signs of growth, <laughs> continues to persist with the lie that he's only doing his job. And in doing his job, he's made his own contribution to the electoral integrity in the US going forward. The voting machines that were opened up and examined in Barry, Barry County now can't be used again. They have to be replaced. Yep. Worse, the integrity of all voting machines has been compromised with the coding of the machines now in the wrong hands. It's just like the T-shirt says, Jack. Trump lost and you joined a cult. Yeah, yeah certainly uh, certainly, young uh, Dar Leaf has. Uh, yeah, just uh, incredible stuff. Yeah, And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Comanche Moses with a K. We set up a Facebook page you can find fairly easily. If my dog doesn't stop barking, I'm going to shoot her in the face. <laughs> Promoting a podcast is easier said than done. So if you share this episode or maybe just put a conditional release program sticker on your dog when you walk in the park and then tell the dog walkers around that it's a great podcast and you really like it and then when they listen to it and hear all the expletives, unless they listen to last week where I was an angel, they will look at you strangely and think, why the fuck do you listen to this, you weird person? I think your beautiful dog, Lindsay, is merely editorializing. She's uh, lovely, but she's an idiot. And just just saying, look, I've got an opinion and I demand to be heard. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, you got it wrong about Trump. He's, he's fucking great. <laughs> she's, she's, she's secret mug hat with her. The Patreon <laughs> is up and running and we ask listeners to consider throwing a few dollars our way. Yes, if you uh, for as little as $5 a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content. We're trying to do it weekly now, which is pretty good. And if you give us even more money, yes, you get a whole bunch do. of other benefits. You can watch us record the show. We'll bring you in on the, the Zoom thing. It's great. If we get to 1,000 patrons, I promise, I'll just go over to the US with Folk Civil War. I've already booked flights in September, October. I'm, I'm going to go and hunt Democrats. Fuck with them. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to wear grey and hunt down those <laughs> in blue. We love the grift. It's just we're not as good as at it as the cookers are. So help us. We're morally conflicted. Yeah, see, I'm not morally conflicted at all. I'm going to sell the nuclear nuclear secrets to the Russians nuclear, and watch you all yeah, evaporate because I won't need a fucking Patreon in a nuclear holocaust. I won't need you, your money. <laughs> so bring it on. I'm done. And finally, all feedback, tips and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's to tell us that you've got a payroll list of CIA operatives you're willing to sell me for a box of Adderall, a bucket of KFC, and a case of Diet Coke. It's a bargain at twice the price. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks, listeners. See you next Good time. Good on you, listeners. Talk to you later. Cheers. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people. Fuck me. You guys are bastards.